Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 90. This is your host, Deb Falzoy, and this week I'm talking about how to know what our values are when we feel stuck at work. And I'm talking to career coach Lindsay Gordon, who has these great insights in what to do when we're in that position. Are you ready to hear what Lindsay has to say? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. Before I get started today, I want to talk about Patreon. I have a new Patreon account at patreon.com slash screw the hierarchy, and I have a really quick survey on there about what kind of rewards you'd like. Everything from early access to episodes, to exclusive episodes, behind the scenes content, live chats, a way to interact with other listeners, access to video content, business sponsorship opportunities, you name it. So you can go to patreon.com slash screw the hierarchy to fill out my quick survey and we can get started with giving you more content that you want. Okay. So what's going on when we feel stuck at work? What are, what are we lacking when that happens? The biggest thing that I see that we are lacking is actually clarity about what is important to us. And this happens for a number of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that there's so much noise, external pressure, thoughts about what we should want to do in our career, what work should mean to us. And so we have taken on all of these ideas. Like somebody recently said, I don't even know who said these things to me, but these pressures are just floating around in my head as to what I should want. And so when we have mostly listened to those voices, it is actually very difficult to listen to what we want and to really separate that from that noise and those external opinions. And then what happens is we're working off of external definitions of success. So we're like, oh, well, I have more money. I have more responsibility. I'm climbing the ladder, but it doesn't feel right. And that's because you don't have the definition of success that actually works for you, the clarity of what you want. And so you're never going to be able to find fulfillment if you're using those external definitions of success. I love that. So, so what makes it so hard for us to, to do what we want in our careers? Like how to, how to, what makes it so hard to kind of cut through that noise that we've been yeah. I, I like to call it the, the societal soup that we are all swimming in. And, you know, I think oftentimes we just don't realize that it's even there and that it's having a seat at the table or it is, you know, driving the bus, driving the decisions. Um, and, you know, somebody recently was brought to tears when she shared that, like, she just wants to let herself want what she wants. And I don't think that the world is set up for us to listen to ourselves, for us to opt out of the uh, pressures and ideas that people have about what work should be for us. And then I think we always have to talk about the systemic barriers that exist in the workplace. So 
when, when we say, oh, just do what's right for you at work or figure out what you want, that's only a piece of the puzzle because there is so much sexism, racism, ageism, whatever it is. And so, so many people are not really set up to be supported in the workplace to actually do what works for them. So I think we need to balance both of those of we need to learn how to listen to ourselves and learn how to really decipher what is right for us. And then we also need to be very clear about these systems and, and both working on them, but also finding our agency within them to do as much as possible what is right for us, but, but having that realistic view as well. And so how do we, how do we make these career decisions that we know we'll be happy with? Like, how do, how do we, how do we do that work? Yeah. So the reason I talk about being a career coach for analytically minded people is because I have an engineering degree, which is quite unusual in the space. So the way that I think about helping people make decisions that they are going to be incredibly happy with is a very like practical, structured way to think about it. So I basically help people build a very tailored framework of what is right for me. And then once they have that framework, it's basically a cheat sheet to look at any opportunities and to say, okay, how does this opportunity stack up to the things that I know that I need in a job? And from my perspective, the things that it's really important to know, number one is values. So what is really important to you in life and how does work fit into that? Because oftentimes we're doing the opposite of trying to fit life into work. But I think it's great to actually start with what is important to me in life? How does work fit into that? I think knowing about your strengths is really important, knowing your unique value, what you bring to the work, knowing what environment you need in order to thrive is also really important. So what are the pieces about the day-to-day -day work? What are the pieces about the environment? What are the pieces about the people? And once we have all of those clear, then we can kind of assess based on that framework. And I think the other piece that is important is there's never going to be a job that is like the perfect job in every aspect, you know, the dream job. We love to talk about that, but I think there are always going to be trade-offs. And so I think one of the important parts of making a decision you're going to be happy with is knowing those trade-offs as soon as you go in. So if you have this checklist and you say, okay, I know that four out of five of my top values are really going to be honored and prioritized in this work. I am actively choosing it despite knowing that that fifth value is going to be a trade-off. So I'm going to look for opportunities to fulfill that elsewhere, maybe to find new ways to add it in. But I think if you feel like you have the agency, if you go into it eyes wide open, know what trade-offs you're choosing, that makes such a difference for feeling like you are going to be happy with that choice. I love this. I I'm just thinking about how intentional so many of us are about like some, or, or sometimes not, but like the people in our lives, the our partners or our friends, yeah. um, in like, 
you know, knowing what we want in those people, but not necessarily thinking about it with our workplaces and, you know, thinking about right. how we can fit into somebody else's values rather than like, does that work environment or that boss or that team fit into my values? So I right. love those ideas. Right. Yeah. Um, so what is the easiest way to discover what, what our need, our, our unique values are? Yeah. So I have two ways that I love doing. One is um, getting clear about your strengths. And there are many ways to do that. You can just reflect on it. Um, you can do something like a strengths finder assessment, which I find really effective. It's also very low cost. There's also something called the via strengths that is free. So I would recommend getting clear about your strengths. And then the question that I love to ask people is to, to fill in the phrase, not only do I have these strengths that you would expect from somebody in my role, but I also have these other strengths that might be unexpected. And so I like thinking about, you know, as you look around to other people who are doing your role, what is really unique about you? What are the ways that you show up differently? What are the ways that your brain works differently? Um, to, to start to talk about what sets you apart from other people around you. So that's my favorite question. Another way that clients really love doing it is to ask their colleagues because sometimes we don't really have a good feeling of how other people perceive us, what they think are our strengths. And people are often really nervous to do this. They're like, can I really just ask people like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? But everybody loves the experience of getting some feedback. And you can just ask, you know, a couple of questions. What do you think I'm best at? Um, what do you see as my unique value? And you can also offer to do it for the person too, so that it feels like a really nice way to connect and offer feedback. So either one of those ways is a really great way to just start thinking about what is unique about what you bring to the workplace. And then once we have sort of that all clear in our, our heads, how do we relieve the pressure that we place on our jobs? Yeah, we put so much pressure on our jobs and it, it is amazing what can happen when we relieve that. And like, if you just take that action, you can find so much more space for, okay, what, what really is this job to me? Um, one of the things that's important, I think, is understanding what work means to you. So for some people, work is going to be the source of their purpose, maybe their passion, their meaning in life. They are really excited to contribute to the world through their work. And if that's the case, awesome. I want you to claim that. I want you to make decisions in line with that and just know that that is important to you. On the flip side, there are also people who they are not going to get that from work. It's not going to be the place where they have their passion and purpose and meaning. And I also want you to claim that and to know that about yourself so that you can relieve yourself from oh my gosh, my work needs to be everything. Like maybe I should be striving harder, but I don't really want to, you know, I have things in life that I'm really dedicated to. So I think if you can be really clear about which side of the fence you are of that. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to look up 
the definition of a good enough job. And it comes from the book Refuse to Choose by Barbara Sher. And if you can read that definition, this is something I do with my clients, read that definition and just see how your body feels as to like, are you going for a good enough job? And if, if that feels awesome to you, great. Let's make choices in line with that. And if not, you know, let's look for something more than that. I think that's one of the, the best ways to just see what you want out of your job. And then there's also a, a great way that clients can kind of zoom out and look at the full picture. Because sometimes what I find is that we get hyper-focused on the negative sides of our job. And we're like, well, the job isn't being everything to me. You know, I expect it to give me all of my happiness and connection and all of these things. But if you can zoom out a little bit, sometimes you can see, oh yeah, I'm really hyper-focused on these couple of negative pieces. But really when I think about it overall, um, you know, there are some better things than I give it credit for. So just a couple of ways to, to think about giving yourself a little bit of that relief and just seeing if you are asking your job to be everything to you, kind of like, you know, we can't do with partners too, right? We can't have our partner be absolutely everything to us. We can't have our job be absolutely everything to us. So understanding what we really need out of the job is a really helpful way to think about that. Yeah, that speaks so much too to like just the balance yeah. that we need in life of, you know, um, just, yeah, not putting the pressure to, of our like own happiness on just one aspect of our lives. So yeah. Yeah. Um, in the in the space with targets of, of workplace abuse, you know, um, I talk a lot about like putting your health first. And so I'm really curious about um, your, your uh, insight that a boring job might work for us. And I, I'm curious as to why a, a boring job might work for us. Yeah. When I first started saying this, um, somebody from Business Insider actually reached out to me and she was like, what are you saying? I need to write an article on this. Like, are we allowed to be saying this? And I have found that it is such a polarizing viewpoint, which is fascinating. For some people, they're like, oh my gosh, we cannot have people be bored in their jobs. You know, this is going to result in a workplace that is, you know, not engaged and all this stuff. And then there are other people who are like, oh my gosh, thank goodness, you know, this really works for me. And what I find is that there can be all kinds of upsides to a boring job. And I'll give you one example from a client who came to me and she was a lawyer and she was making really good money, but she was kind of underutilized. And she was like, yeah, I'm not really that challenged at work. I'm not using hundred percent of my brain. And everybody around me is saying, you should be in a different job that really fully utilizes you. You know, I want you to be challenged. It's clear that you're bored in this job. And so she was like, okay, maybe I should listen to everybody else in my life and make a change. What we ended up finding is that one of her top values was financial stability and being able to spend time with her young family. And identifying that as the most important thing in her life, she was able to see, 
oh no, this is a perfect job for me because I'm getting that financial stability and I am also getting extra mental time and space to be able to spend with my family. So she's still doing a great job at work, but she's able to do things outside of work that really align with what's important to her. Another client was um, doing a job that she also felt was boring to some extent, and it was allowing her to, she was taking Russian classes, she was working on writing a novel, which were really important parts of her life. So I think there can be this balance between, you know, work doesn't need to be everything to me. It's okay if it's boring. And then I get to do other things that are really valuable in my life. So it's always fun for me to like tell people that they're allowed to have a boring job and to see the relief and the excitement of like, okay, I do not need to have everything come from my job. It's okay if it's not the most exciting, the most challenging, the most, you know, whatever it is. So I love setting people free with this idea. Yeah. I like that twist on, I mean, we talk a lot in, in, or I talk a lot, I should say about like finding your purpose. Um, and even like taking a job that might be uh, a short-term sort of like a, a mental health relief job, but I love the idea of like extending that to just like your whole life and considering that, like, maybe you don't have to find your purpose with your work and it's, it's supporting your purpose outside of work and like your yeah. life in general. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love too, that it can happen in different phases. So just because you are choosing a, you know, boring job right now, maybe it's because you have that young family. Maybe it's because you are caretaking and you're like, for this moment in my life, this is the right thing for me. And I will always give myself the grace to change my mind in the future it's possible that things may shift and you will get more excited about wanting to be more engaged and have more passion from your job. Great. But I want people to feel like they have options to shift that based on the phase of life that they're in. Um, and then what are the biggest mistakes we make when we're looking for a job? Yes. So I think you, you kind of alluded to one earlier which is that the way that we have been taught to do the job search is to show up and say absolutely anything we think necessary to land the job. Basically, we're just trying to say anything that we think the person wants to hear so that we can get a yes at the end. And what happens when we do that is that we'll find ourselves in jobs, like we've won the game of landing the job, but then you get in the job and you're like, wait a minute, do I actually want this job? There was like no part of the process where I was assessing what is right for me, whether this is going to be a good fit and having that two-way street. So I think that's one of the biggest mistakes is not assessing the job for what actually works for you. So I sometimes joke that um, I should give a warning to anybody who is going to interview one of my past clients, because they're going to get a lot of questions as to how their philosophy aligns with my clients, 
how, you know, your values are going to be a fit together, how the environment is going to be a good fit for the person to thrive. So I think seeing the interview as a two-way street is going to be incredibly helpful for you. Um, another thing that we do is I see people trying to keep as many doors as possible open. So like applying for all of the different jobs, um, applying for a bunch of different roles, uh, trying to juggle as many options as they can at one time to kind of keep all these doors open. What I actually recommend is that as you are really clear about what works for you, I want you to say pretty quick no's to the things that are not going to be a good fit. So I want you to be discerning and I want it to happen sooner rather than later so that we are actually cutting down on the number of opportunities you're pursuing so that it's not super overwhelming because really you do not want to do all of the jobs that are out there. There are ones that are not going to align with your values, that are not going to engage your strengths, that are not going to be in an environment for you to be able to thrive. So the faster that you can say, thank you so much, but this actually isn't a fit for me, the better it's going to feel to you. And, and there's always a moment with clients when they, they have their first conversation with a recruiter after working with me and, or during working with me. And the recruiter will call and say, oh my gosh, I have this really shiny job that you definitely should want. You know, in, in my area of the world, oftentimes that's a tech job, you know, super high salary, all of these benefits and perks. And previously the client would say like, oh my gosh, okay, yes, maybe I should want this job. This is kind of a sexy job. And after working with me, they can say, thank you so much recruiter. Here are the ways that this job is actually out of alignment with what I'm looking for, but here are the pieces that are really important to me. And if you find opportunities that align with these things, I would love to hear about them. And they're like, oh, oh my gosh, that was so easy. Like there was no chaos. There was no existential crisis about should I want this job? So I just love being able to say, these easy yeses and these easy no's so that we are not overwhelmed by a huge number of jobs that we're pursuing that aren't actually going to be the right fit for us. Yeah, so much of this work, it, it just seems about like getting really clear on who we are, what we value rather than externalizing this, you know, our, our worth through other people's yeah. people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. For me, it's about clarity, it is about confidence, and then it is about being able to communicate that effectively so that you can be incredibly intentional, you can be incredibly proactive, you can cultivate opportunities that align with what you want. So yeah, I think, I think those three things are just such a powerful way to live and that separates us from all of the ideas that the external world has about what we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, um, what is, what is like working with you look like the process and how can people get in touch with you to, yeah. to work through all of this with you? Yeah. So I have two different ways to work with people. One is working together one-on-one. I have a three-month program that is very practical and structured, as I've talked about, and that will take you through the process of getting clear, confident, communicating effectively. 
or I also have a, an online course that is focused for anybody who is in the job search, assessing offers, or asking themselves this question of, do I need to quit? And do I need to launch into a job search? So anything around the job search, if you want support on getting that clarity, confidence, and communication, you can check out the online course. And all of that can be found at alifeofoptions.com. And also feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. I share a lot about client stories, about ways to be thinking about um, how to do what's right for you in the job. So I would love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. Great. I love the, the idea of just being so intentional about this, this process. It just, it's so much more like helping us stand in our power and carving out the life that makes sense for us rather than like, like you said, you know, right off the bat, like how do we fit into these, these systems that can be so oppressive for us. Um, So thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate you being here and sharing your insights and for the work that you're doing. It's, It's such a, such a needed service to like help us think through these bigger picture ideas so thank you absolutely thank you so much for having me i appreciate it thank you for listening to screw the hierarchy if you feel like you need more help i have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place all of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly deb falzoy and the music you heard is from kevin mcleod All right, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.